Good afternoon, it's 12 o'clock and welcome to the MoneyWeb 8 Midday Show. My name is Raik Fanika. Well, we're seeing a much better start to the week than last week. The rand is stronger and although it remains relatively weak uh, and there is some still volatility in there, and uh, well, the JSU is also trading higher and that is probably due to a 4.5% jump in NASPAS. But most world markets are also trading higher um, and there seems to be a little bit of hope that China and the U.S. can resolve uh, at least some of their differences this week when their deputy finance ministers meet. On the corporate front, Anglo Gold and Sasol reported results. Anglo Gold reported a significant turnaround in profitability, while Sasol saw a 22% drop in headline earnings. And I'll speak to David Shapiro of Sasfin about these and other stories. And I'll also speak to Bongani Nkwababa, joint CEO of Sasol, about Sasol's results. But first, let's look at the indicators. The JC All Share currently uh, up 1.3%. Resources uh, has gained 0.9%. Industrials up 2%. Financials also has gained 1% so far. Uh, on the international markets, the FTSE 100 has gained half a percent. The DAX um, up 1% as the CAC 40 uh, up 0.7%. Earlier in Southeast Asia, the Nikkei lost a third of a percent, while Shanghai gained 1.1% and Hang Seng gained 1.84%. Uh, let's look at some individual shares that are performing well. NASPAS up 4.45% this morning. Anglo-American Platinum uh, up 3.35%. Barlow World has gained 3%. Pioneer Foods up 27 Truefs also gaining 2.4. On the downside, Suntum down 2.05%. Sasol down 1.9%. The JSC lost 1.35%. And AB Imbef and BATS uh, also down around 1.2%. The Rand is currently trading at 14 Rand 52 against the dollar, 18.49 against the pound, and 16. 60, uh, 56 against the euro. The dollar is trading at 110 Japanese yen. The euro is trading at $1.14 and the pound is trading at $1.27. Uh, Bitcoin is trading at $6,407 or 95,111 rand. Gold is trading at $1,188. Uh, platinum at 795 while spring crude is slightly stronger at $72.14. The R186 is uh, back under 9%, currently trading at 8.99%. On the line, David Shapiro from Sasfin. Uh, David, welcome to the show. Uh, a good start of the week, or at least a much better start than last week. Uh, well, I, I don't know. I can't remember last week because <laughs> every day was different. <laughs> and I can't remember whether we ended up or down. But, uh, Rake, it's that kind of market. And, you know, it's good to see us up 1.3. You mentioned NASPERS, um is, is one of the big drivers. Tencent starting to pick up. And also, I think after the knock that we saw in Tencent, uh, I've been going through research reports on that. There's two, there are two camps. There's certainly a camp that warns us that margins are going to come under pressure. I'm talking about Tencent and uh, that one must be careful. On the other hand, I think no one doubts the size of the market, the importance of Tencent in the, Japan, in the Chinese market and where it could go um, in the future. So I think uh, we're starting to see buyers come in at these attractive prices and pick it up. So that is a driver. But overall, it's a much better day on global markets. I think that was also helped by the news on Friday. Uh, you mentioned in your introduction that there may be talks, even though they're very low-level talks between China and U.S. on trade. I think there's there's a general feeling that uh, 
maybe this has all been overstated. No one's quite sure where it happens at the end. Corporates are doing very well in the U.S. The economy is doing well. Um, probably not going to see um, interest rates go up at a at a breakaway speed and and so on. So um, it, it, it's hard to pinpoint anything really specific, but I think broadly sentiment um, better. And, and rake on that overseas markets as well, just on the um, – S and P, which is the main indicator on the uh, in, on Wall Street, we're at, we're about less than one percent away from uh, the all-time high that we saw in January, and that was a spike high. You know, when I say a spike high, it just shot up uh, and slowly, you know, corrected them, but slowly we've been creeping up. So we're in a good we're in good territory at the moment um, in in the U.S. market. Yeah. Locally, we are we saw the uh, st- uh, state capture inquiry kick off. Yeah. Um, we don't know what's going to come out of it, but do you think it can be mm-hmm. positive or, or negative for us on the market? I suppose we know everything. Like, just you know, I, I always spend my weekends just trying to catch up with reading, and I like to go through the Economist and Financial Times and and publications like that to get a feel of what's happening in global markets. But I can't help but notice. Um, there's a there's an increasing negative attitude towards uh, certain emerging markets, and I think we it's we're differentiating. Um, the land, you know, the Land Act is not helping us anyway. The pressure on Turkey and people are starting to ask questions. When they ask questions about Turkey, they're starting to say, who else looks like Turkey? So all this news, all the negative political news that comes out doesn't help us at all. And I know the Rand is slightly better today at about 14.50 against the dollar, remembering where we've come from. But I mean, if you go back a couple of weeks, we were uh, closer to 13 than we are where we are at the moment. So I'm still a bit concerned about the negative sentiment that we're receiving in uh, in, in global markets, and uh, uh, the more these, you know, the more this becomes public, even though we know about it, um, I think it's 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 given something for the media to catch on to and continue to push, as we've seen with the New York Times lately and the Wall Street Journal. You know, there's a there's almost a groundswell against uh, against South Africa, and we we fit into that kind of prob- that 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 problem area uh, that Turkey's in at the moment. Yeah, well, luckily we still have a free media. I see the state broadcaster mm. is uh, broadcasting it live. Uh, so hopefully, you know, there is uh, you know some institutions that yeah. are holding up. That's not the case in Turkey, but uh, let's see what happens. On the corporate front, Sassel and Anglo Gold reported results. Mm. Let's start with Anglo Gold. Um, really a turnaround there. Uh, headline earnings of 85 million US dollars, and that mm. uh, comes from a loss of 93 million US. Yeah, you know, Ray. I think when you go through that as well, you'll see them. Actually, one of the highlights is that uh, they're reducing their exposure to South Africa, which always hurts me. You know, because we were built on gold. Yeah. When I came to the market in '72, I think there were must have been 45 gold mines quoted. It was the centre of 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 the of the JSE, um, and Anglo Gold owns its roots in the in the whole South African gold mining industry. But I think one of the issues when you go through, you'll see production down, and uh, uh, it's it, it's always an 
a worry that that these the mines are, are are battling with costs. So the way, I mean they're battling, but what they're doing is how they're getting profits is keeping costs under control and try to be a little more efficient, maybe a bit you know better better grades than that. But it's not a you know when you look at the actual analysis, it's not a great result. You know it's not it's not a wonderful result, and nor does it point to anything that's going to run away from us. And then we've got a gold price that's under twelve hundred, which doesn't uh, you know which which doesn't add to um, you know to to profits as well, so it's still a very tough time in the gold market in the gold uh, industry. You know, the shares have barely changed today. I think it gives you some reflection of uh, of uh, you know what the market thinks. They knew about this result, so it's no surprise. Yeah, and the South African operations only represent around eighty-seven mm. percent, and uh, that is definitely a disinvestment. And, and and hopefully, you know, there is some gauge engagement. The non-South African investment. I mean, the non-South African. Yes, yes. No, eighty-seven percent out of you know outside South Africa. Uh, but outside of South Africa, yeah. yeah. But hopefully, hopefully, there is some engagement because there are lessons to be learned, and uh, mm. because there are some success mm. stories within within um, Anglo Gold. Just Cecil, uh, quickly. Um, I, I, yeah, what did I, you make I, of you that? Know, you, you need to go through a hundred pages of numbers there to to really understand uh, where they're going. But I suppose. Um, yeah, they they do cite a number of reasons why the numbers are down, um, you know, and they they show a core number which excludes. I, you know, I don't want to go into detail because I know you're talking to the CEO, but um, I think we're all waiting for uh, the Louisiana project to come on. It's a massive amount, and just going through the assets, you know, in terms of uh, their fixed assets, or uh, it, it, it's almost 50% of the of the worth. You know, it's going to be a huge, huge project, and I think it's going to define Cecil in the future. We're waiting for that to come on, and we're near completion. So I think uh, the future of Cecil lies in the success of that project. Uh, in a will lie in the success of the project once it comes on. Of course, it's going to be a cash generator instead of taking away from cash. So I think we're basing our hopes on on, on, on how successful this new project is. Yeah, it's expensive, over 11 billion US mm. dollars. Uh, but thank you, David. That was David Shapiro from SASFIN.